الحمد لله وكفاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الرحمن امنا به وعليه توكلنا سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم typically when Ramadan nears its end there's some mixed emotions typically toward the end of Ramadan people have mixed emotions and it's different than the beginning of Ramadan because toward the end of Ramadan we're a little confused about how we should feel a part of us is um, sad that uh, that is coming to an end we've appreciated we felt the barakah over the last 30 days we've felt what it means like to actually be a muslim for once in our life we've uh we were able to taste the deen at least some semblance of deen that we haven't that we usually don't taste throughout the rest of the year and that all results in upliftment of the soul and there's a sadness because uh, it can only be maintained for an period of time it's not indefinite so there's a sadness associated with it uh, and that's a very common feeling uh, another feeling that sometimes people experience is happiness and that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala last Ramadan or let's say from last Ramadan until the 29th or 30th of Shawwal Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to take away an x number of lives from this world These are people who were expecting to see this coming Ramadan or this present Ramadan and they didn't see it. And so and they didn't plan. You know, they had thought, they had made an assumption that they would be here this month and they were not here. So a part of us is happy or we're grateful that Allah Ta'ala chose us from amongst people of all of the humanity. He chose to keep us alive so that we could experience another Ramadan. So that's the emotion of happiness that we sometimes experience. Maybe a mix of happiness and gratitude you know there are people who are more deserving of us more deserving than us to be receiving Ramadan this year and yet they weren't given it and yet we were given it so there's some gratitude another feeling which is um, which i've been hearing a lot of over the last few days and just interacting with people is a feeling of being worried a feeling of being worried and the worry stems from the fact that we don't trust ourselves we use ramadan as a crutch it supports us it gives us hope and to think that in a matter of 4 or 5 or 6 days that will fall from underneath me and i too will fall down and crash with it it creates worry and so we begin to think like what am i going to do because all of those things that i had left before ramadan they're facing me in 5 or 6 days again all those habits that i had left during ramadan they're going to be possibly right at my doorstep once again as soon as i walk out of this masjid and all of those uh, sins that i was engaged in they're going to be right there waiting for me in 5 or 6 days and we're worried so some people experience sadness some people experience gratitude toward this Ramadan and some people experience worry 
the worry is something that we need to address. It's natural to be worried and to be afraid. And it's because we all have enoughs and we know that we can't trust our enoughs. But there are some steps that we can take in the next three or four or five days that can hopefully, number one, alleviate the worry and number two, inshallah, alleviate the reasons for the worry. So, if you look in Surah Al-Mulk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, <coughs> He says it toward the end of the surah, قُلْ هُوَ الرَّحْمَانُ آمَنَّا بِهِ وَعَلَيْهِ تَوَكَّلْنَا It's a very beautiful, very beautiful ayah. It highlights our attitude during these last few days. So two things that we need to do, and I'll get to that ayah in a minute. One thing is that we need to begin making dua now for after Ramadan. We usually spend these last few nights of Ramadan that are very special, focused on our own maghfirah, focused on our rahmah of Allah Ta'ala upon us, focused on is Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala going to accept me or not, focused on am I going to be from amongst those people that are freed from the fire of hell in these last 10 days. Obviously we should do all of these things, but we should also begin to make dua for our time after Ramadan as well. We shouldn't wait until Ramadan is over to make dua for that time. Because du'as are accepted in Ramadan You have to plan ahead So you begin that planning now You don't wait until the 29th or 30th night Or wait until the 1st or 2nd of Shawwal And Shaitan is out to then ask You make du'a up front And number two, you come up with a strategic plan Of how I'm going to handle myself outside of Ramadan So let's go back to the du'a So what kinds of du'as should we make in particular? Obviously those things that I mentioned There's rahmah, maghfirah uh, you know, these things, freedom from fire of hell. We make all of these du'as. We're going to make those, we're going to continue to make those. But then we should begin to make du'a that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us after Ramadan because we can't rely on ourselves to be protected. The only way we can survive outside of Ramadan is with Allah ta'ala's assistance. So, in Surah Al Mulk, you know, it's so beautiful how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala words this. He says, Say, Qul, huwa Rahman. He is the most merciful. So when we begin our du'a, we should start that way. And ya Allah, you are the most merciful. You are the definition of mercy. All mercy in the universe descends from you. There's no mercy beyond you. And all the mercy we see in the world is from you. The mercy of mother to child, child to parent, teacher to student. Mercy of even the animals towards one another. You know, mercy of, uh, uh, of, of, uh, of, of, of everything. In the universe it's, just, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ya Allah you are the most merciful Aman Nabi We believe in you I believe in you I believe in you I 100% have yaqeen That you are true There is nobody worthy of worship Except you You are the most merciful Aman Nabi And I 100% believe in you Ya Allah Maybe I didn't feel that way through the year or maybe, I never, maybe I never told you that before Right? But today I'm telling you In these last few nights of Ramadan That I 100% believe in you Ya Allah I know you're, you exist I know you created me And I know I'm going to return to you I believe in you And On you or upon you I trust I trust I don't trust myself Allah You know if it was, if I was left to myself, I mean, I wouldn't be here right now. You think we're here because of our own accord? 
yeah, maybe we made some schedules, we took some days off of work, or where did this all come from? It wasn't us. It was Allah that brought us here, right? Allah Ta'ala specifically brought us into His house in the most special days of Ramadan. If, we were, if it was up to us to have to come here, it wouldn't be possible. If it was up to us, meaning if we left it to ourselves to make a decision to come here, it wouldn't be possible. It was purely by Allah Ta'ala's mercy upon us. That I trust in you, Ya Rab. You know, I can't trust myself. If I trusted myself, I'd probably be, you know, somewhere hanging out right now with people I shouldn't be hanging out with. There are places I shouldn't be hanging out. I wouldn't be in your home thinking about you, talking about you, spending time in the people, the company of people that love you. But Ya Allah, because I trust you, I know that you want what's best for me, Ya Allah. I, 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 I hope that I can survive even after Ramadan. I don't leave it to myself. So we go in with this attitude. This attitude, which is, Qul huwa rahman Ya Allah, you are merciful. And I 100% believe in you. You are the truth. You are the haqq. There's nothing greater than you, more supreme than you, more powerful than you. Wa alayhi tawakkalna. And I trust in you, Ya Allah. I trust in you. I trust that you're going to get me through life. I trust that you're going to protect me from the difficulties of life. I trust that you're going to protect me from shaitan and from my own nafs that's been eating me alive the last, you know, some odd years of my life. I don't trust myself. I trust you. And so because of my trust in you, Ya Allah, I ask from you that you protect me. Even after Ramadan. So we begin to make dua in this way. We make dua now before Ramadan is done because this is the month of dua and this is the month where duas are accepted. We ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the difficulties of this life once Ramadan is over. And we ask that He protect us from returning back to those evils that we've been so plagued by for the last 11 or 12 months of the year. And we ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, out of His mercy and because we trust in Him and because it will only occur by His tawfiq, we ask that He allow us to remain subservient to Him. And we also make dua to Allah as these days approach that we see the next Ramadan. And we remain, more importantly, we remain in a state of Iman for the next Ramadan. You know, most people, they don't lose their faith in Ramadan. Most people. And the reason is because the environment is created of the masjid, of people that are striving, the uh, the shayatin being locked up, the angels descending down and gathering such as these. It's hard for people to leave Iman in the month of Ramadan. Outside of the month of Ramadan, it's a different story. So when we ask that Allah allow us to see the next Ramadan, we also ask Him to allow us to see the next Ramadan in a state of Iman. There are people who experienced last Ramadan and are currently in Ramadan, but no longer believe in Allah. Better off to leave this world than for that to happen to us. Right? So, we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust ourselves. We trust in Allah and Allah alone. If He wants what's khair for us, then that's exactly what will happen to us. And if He wants what's, you know, if, if, if He plans for what's going to be challenging for us, then that's exactly what will happen ultimately. So, we make dua that Allah Ta'ala allows us to see the next Ramadan. We make dua that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, importantly, make us from tawabin. Make us from people that constantly return back to Him. Look, the reality is, we're not going to leave Ramadan sinless. And we're not going to leave Ramadan pure and pristine such that we're never going to mess up, our, mess up again. 
It's going to happen. It's okay for it to happen. As long as we immediately turn back to Allah Ta'ala throughout the year. As long as we always turn back to Allah. But the tawfiq to turn back to Allah comes from Allah. So the, who, do we at, who do we rely on to become tawabin? We don't rely on ourselves to be people that are constantly going to do tawbah back to Allah. We rely on Allah Ta'ala to grant us the tawfiq to remain from amongst those people that turn back to Allah. Does that make sense? That's how, that's how much we trust in Allah and that's how much we, uh, we, we push down our trust in ourselves. The biggest deception for people that are striving on this path is that we think that our efforts are what result in our success. We think that it is our own efforts that, it, it, that results in success for us, but that's not the case. It's not what protects us from sin and it's not what allows us to strive toward good. It is Allah's tawfiq and Allah's tawfiq alone and the time to ask for Allah's tawfiq is now before the month closes. This is the time to ask because the chapter is going to close in five days. So why do we not worry when we make dua? We don't worry. This is a very subtle point and I hope I can convey it properly. It's not that there's any guarantee that we are going to succeed after Ramadan. But we put the ball in Allah Ta'ala's court. It isn't that we don't make an effort. But we are Allah Ta'ala's dependents. We are His. We are His. If we show Allah that we trust in Him and we don't trust in ourselves and we rely on Him and not ourselves, then He'll take care of us. It's kind of like There's a statement in the Quran It's a verse In which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says As narrated um, it's One of the prophets had mentioned this I think it was Isa You can correct me if I'm wrong one In tu'adhibhum Fa'innahum ibaduk Wa in taghfir lahum Fa'innaka anta al-azizul hakim You know So the prophet said if you're going to punish them Ultimately they're your servants anyway Meaning if you're going to punish me I'm yours anyway Right If you're going to punish me I'm yours Would you punish Your own Right Someone that uh, Is sub- Completely submitting to you You can you can. You have the authority to. You have the right to. You are. Uh, no one could challenge or question you if you chose to do that. Your, we're your servants, Ya Allah. Whatever you choose to do with us, what can we do? And if you choose to forgive and overlook us, then you are, you are Aziz. You are great. We put the matter in Allah's hands. Then we make an effort. Right? We don't we don't quit. We don't just stop. We make an effort but we fully recognize that we are Allah's servants and Allah loves to hear from us that we acknowledge that we fully trust in Him and He loves to hear from us when we attribute our everything to Him. So if we call on Allah in that way before Ramadan closes, then we can expect inshaAllah that we'll be preserved and protected at least until the next Ramadan. Does that make sense? We are Allah's. So we approach Allah Ta'ala in that way. The next thing that we do, 
So the first thing is that we have to begin to make dua today before Ramadan closes. This is high time to make dua to Allah for after Ramadan. And this can alleviate the worries that we have. And number two is that we should begin to strategically plan. You know, many a times what we do is we sit really like an hour before the last iftar of Ramadan and we come up with a plan of how we're going to continue some of these things after Ramadan. It's too late by that point. It's too late. The planning should occur now. That how am I going to survive the next year? How am I going to survive? What are the things that I'm going to do practically in my life that are going to be for the betterment of myself? You know, which co- who, who, the company that I keep now, is that the company that I want to keep after Ramadan? The places that I visit now, are those the places that I want to visit after Ramadan? The, the, um, the, the habits that I have now, are those the habits that I want to maintain after Ramadan? The deeds that I'm performing now, are these the deeds that I want to continue after Ramadan? So if we strategically plan, then we can hopefully transition in, out of Ramadan more smoothly. But if we wait until the last minute to plan, shaitan will get us because he's waiting at the door the minute the, you know, the, minute the sun sets you know, on the 30th of Ramadan or 29th of Ramadan. The minute the sun sets, he's ready. So if we approach him from before and say, look, I know you're coming out in five or six days. Before you even get to me, I'm going to make sure my transition out of Ramadan is smooth. We begin to plan today. So that planning is, on, is, multi, is multifold. That planning is, number one, we begin to think, okay, what are the deeds that I've been doing in Ramadan that I feel are benefiting me? Which of these deeds am I going to continue after? It's impractical for me to think that everything I've done in Ramadan, I'm going to carry outside Ramadan. It's not possible. Some of us have been reading more Quran, four, five to six times more Quran per day than we did outside Ramadan. It's not possible for me to say, I'm just going to keep doing Quran after Ramadan. Some of us are spending more time in dhikr now than we do outside, outside Ramadan. It's not possible for me to say that I'm spending two hours in dhikr now, I'm going to keep doing that after. Be practical. Come up with strategic goals. Those deeds that you feel have benefited you this Ramadan, say, you know what, I'm going to continue this after Ramadan. Strategically plan it. In fact, I would say write it out in a notebook or write it out on your phone. I said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> write it somewhere. Write down so if I was, for instance, doing these six or seven deeds in Ramadan that I found were beneficial, these are the three or four from those that I'm going to carry with me outside Ramadan. We have to be practical. We have to be true to ourselves. Okay? And then, uh, so we come up with a strategic plan for that, and then we think, how are we going to do it? So a couple of things that I want to mention that I think everyone should have written down as well. So there should be in our plan right now, what we're going to write today or tomorrow, there should be in a plan that we should be praying at least two Salahs in the masjid every single day There's at least two Salahs in the masjid we should be praying Now the, pr- the, the priority should be given to Fajr and Isha prayer But depending on your circumstances Maybe one of those is not possible So pick a second Salah Maybe it's going to be Fajr and Asr In the summertime Asr is at 7 o'clock You can easily make it to the masjid at 7 o'clock On the way home from work you know, And then still be free in the evening if you have other responsibilities You could make But, but Fajr in the masjid is very important And basically nobody has anything to do at Fajr time no one does. The only thing that we can do at Fajr time, especially in the summer, is sleep. So a couple, a few deeds that I think you should write down and make it that make it a practical goal for yourself that at least two salahs in after, outside of Ramadan, I'm going to bring into my life. Number two, company. This is the most important, and I've been emphasizing this the last few days, and I'm probably still going to emphasize this the next five, four or five days. The number one factor that will determine if I'm going to succeed after Ramadan or not. Number one, you can write this down. Number one factor is going to be who I keep company with. Number one, 
who are my close companions, close friends, close acquaintances that I interact with on a regular basis. If there are people who, like we mentioned last night, strive in deen and have the same intention as you do to strive in deen, you will succeed. But if there are people who are wavering, they're not really sure if they want to commit or not, they're not sure if they want to take that step or not, you will fail. Because they're going to bring you down. So it's the most important thing that you should have on your list or that you should contemplate in the next four or five days and make dua for that Allah Ta'ala fulfills Fill your life with people that draw you to Allah. The most important thing is going to be your company. There's nothing that will compare. Because company is what picks you up when you fall down. And you will fall. I am going to fall. When Ramadan is done, shaitan is going to drop us. He's going to level us. And that's okay as long as you have people that are going to pick you right back up. It's okay to fall. But you have to have people that are going to pick you back up. And you can't rely on yourself. You can't rely on yourself. So the company of people that are striving to remember Allah, this needs to be your close these need to be your close companions. The gatherings where people are getting together to remember Allah, those need to be the places that you absolutely visit. More than, you know, your local pizza place or uh, you know, I don't know, whatever other joints are available now. Uh, wherever you would more than those places, the places where Allah is remembered and people are coming there with the same intention to please and strive in deen I need to be at that place. I need to be with these people. I need to be at that place. And I need to hook myself on. Kind of like a, you know, a carabiner. You lock yourself onto something that, look, if I fall hard, this thing is strapped onto me. You know, if I, ju- if I fall off the cliff, I, if I'm, I still have this. This is going to protect me. It's going to pick me back up. I might stumble a little bit, but I'll be right back up. So if there's one thing you want to take home from this entire Irtikaf, from this entire Ramadan is that if I am going to survive outside Ramadan, it's going to be dependent on who I interact with on a regular basis. So that includes, like I mentioned, number one, the people, people that are striving on the same path as you, those people you want to keep company with. Number two, you need to keep the company of places where, that encourage you to strive. Those are places where Allah Ta'ala is remembered. Okay? And then number three, the company of the ulama and the mashayikh. This has to be our priority. People that hook themselves on, I'm using the example of a carabiner because that's really what it is. You know, I, I hate to give my own example, but so I do just because maybe, maybe it'll serve as motivation for someone. Um, you know, the last 10 or 15 years, 15 years when I was be- began thinking about like Dean and how I wanted to connect with Dean, I tried everything. I mean, I looked here, I looked there, I went to programs, conferences, retreats. I mean, I did everything. I listened to all the major hotshot speakers and I did everything. I got a little bit of benefit here, 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 but I never dug deep. And so I was always off balance. I'd get hit, fall to the ground, wasn't able to get back up. So then you go to this other program, try to get picked up, you get elevated a little bit, you drop back down. There was no consistency until I had found my teacher and I cooked myself on like I would with a carabiner and said, you know what, I'm with you. Wherever you take me, I'm going with you. Whatever du'a you're going to make, I want to be a part of that. Whatever uh, benefit there is, sorry, whatever benefit it is that you seek, I want to be a part of that as well. And that's the one place that, alhamdulillah, I found consistency. Now, you have to experience for yourself, or sorry, you have to experiment for yourself if you want to. You'll experience, but you'll see that people that hop around from place to place to place to place, they never settle on one thing in deen. 
they're still hopping around. I have friends that I grew up with that were interested in Dean and they started, you know, getting excited and going, you know, people go on YouTube and they go to these programs and listen to different people and they never really connected and tied themselves down and they're still hopping around today and some of them are questioning Dean. And then those ex few people that were close to me that decided to hook on the way I felt like I needed to hook on, they're still connected to Dean. Some of them are here. So it's the company, the Radama and the Mashayikh, is very important. People of knowledge and people of piety. Stick, hook on to them like no other. And inshallah, you'll succeed after Ramadan. So those are the points that I have to make. But just to summarize what we covered, that toward the end of Ramadan, people experience different emotions. For some people, it's sadness because we see this blessed month near nearing its end. And we finally feel like Muslims and we're... <coughs> possibly going to lose that emotion number two some people sorry uh, so that one emotion sadness for some people that emotion is gratitude that ya Allah thank you for at least letting me experience this month when I wasn't deserving of it people were more deserving of it and they're not alive today and yet you brought me here in a state of iman a third emotion is worry about what I'm going to do when I leave I don't trust myself so the response to that is twofold one is that we have to learn to make dua to Allah properly so we say, Qul huwa ar-Rahman, Ya Allah, you are merciful, amanna bih, and I believe in you, we believe in you. Uh, and I trust in you to take care of me. And then you ask of Allah whatever you want to ask. And then the second thing is you strategically plan, come up with a plan, don't wait until the 29th or 30th night and decide this is what I'm going to do after Ramadan. That plan should include a set, set number of deeds that you want to carry outside Ramadan, that, and that plan should include the company that you're going to keep. That company means close... Uh, associates, close acquaintances Company means the company of gatherings Where Allah is remembered Company means the company of the Ramah and the Mashiach And we hook ourselves on Because that's kind of our lifeline You know the world is just falling apart And we can either fall with it Or we can try to stay upright And until the day of judgment There will be people that stay upright It's just a matter of Is it going to be us or is it going to be Someone else We want it to be us so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq to uh, maximize in the last few days of Ramadan. Uh, may Allah ta'ala uh, forgive us for all of our mistakes and and place us uh, in Jannah as a result of our efforts and as a result of His mercy. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to retain whatever benefits we've gained from this Ramadan so far and allow us to transition smoothly. Uh, despite the presence of shaitan once Ramadan is completed may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the company of uh, the people of piety grant us the company of the ulama and the mashayikh may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the company of one another uh, both in this life uh, and in the hereafter wa sallallahu wa sallam ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa rahmatika ya rahmatika ya rahmatika